G'day guys and girls and welcome back to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian and as always on the opposite side of the desk is my mate Matt. Matt, it's good to have the band back together. Uh, it is good to be back. It, um, it's been a while. I think we were working out before this, six weeks? It's Yeah, it's been about six, seven weeks. You've been on honeymoon, I've been on a ski trip, I mean, I got... Then you came down with, with oh, you God. went down with the sickness last week? Oh, I was down with the sickness, alright, geez, cue the disturbed music, because it was horrifying, and I'm still... So, I apologise in advance for any listeners out there if I go into some sort of epic coughing fit during this podcast. I'll try my best not to, <laughs> editing will help, but... Yep. It's going to be a struggle, and I'm really keen to get into some fantasy footy. I'm excited. It's the sprint leading into finals. Oh, Most look. leagues, we've got two or three weeks until finals yep. start. So on the one hand, you're either pumped because you're almost there. Your, your, your team's closing in on you've finals. Or you've completely given up hope. <laughs> I'm a little bit of both at the moment. <laughs> There's a lot of teams out there who have just given up hope. And I mean, some things just over this round of footy, they've been horrifying. I mean... Yeah. I can't believe, like, if I had gone into this season and said to myself that I would be disappointed with a score around twenty three fifty in in salary cap leagues, I would have been shocked at the start of the year. But yeah. considering the kind of big scores that were going around, that's that is a, a average score at best. Yep, this I, week. I got that and went backwards this, yeah, I know. this round. <laughs> so we'll dive straight into the games. We want to get back into fantasy footy talk. The first game of the round was West Coast versus Collingwood. Pretty disappointing Did if you you're a West a Coast moment? fan. Mate, I, I need a few moments after that. That what was happened? Oh, we just didn't score for 59 minutes, Matt. Didn't you notice? It was <laughs> awful. I mean, uh, I, I can't remember us playing a worse couple of quarters. I think I like the fact that there's a good rivalry going with West Coast and Collingwood at the moment. It's mm-hmm. been the last four or five games have been close. Um, West Coast have gotten on top. We won the Premiership. Collingwood clawed it back this week, obviously, and, you know, we've had a great history. So it's good to have modern rivalries in the game, not just talking about, you know, Carlton Essendon or something Which like that. Which hasn't been or, relevant for like 20 ex- years. Exactly. Really. You know, it's a, and it's a pure Melbourne thing as well. So having something other than the derbies outside of Victoria as rivalries, I think that's pretty cool. Um, just some of the fantasy scores from that. Brody Grundy just keeps getting it done. Absolute beast. Guy's amazing. Uh, it's ridiculous. I thought he was going to struggle against Nick Nat and... Um, Guy's amazing. Uh, who, who else do we have? But Tom Hickey. Hickey. Tom- <laughs> I, I can't not mention Hickey quickly without just bringing up the fact that the man sitting opposite me uh, in, in, a, in a pre-season Keeper League top-up draft. So you went in and you yep. needed a backup Ruckman. I, I needed two Ruckman because yep. we play with two in our league and I yep. only had one. And you had the choice of either Tom Hickey or Rowan Marshall. So to put a bit of context, <laughs> I had two picks within... Four four picks. So it's, I had oh. picked like twenty three, for example, and then I had pick twenty six. You did. The same person had the two picks in between me, and I was thinking, I want to take two ruckmen here. <laughs> Which one is he less likely to take? I went Hickey first, and like he won't even know who Marshall is. I can pick him up next. Yeah, yeah. Did not play out that way <laughs> it at didn't all. Pan out. The very next pick, Marshall's was off the board, and I'm happy. just crying. And oh the. I mean, that's just got to go down in history. Unfortunately, it's going to go down in our league. And every Keeper League has these as one of the worst draft pickups slash trade deals. I've done tons, mate. I've done tons. When did you take... uh Duray? Oh, I took, I took Duray in the fifth round of our first draft of our start-up like five years ago, or four years ago, or something like that. I, it was an awful pick. 
But taking Tom Hickey over Rowan Marshall, that's going to hurt. The thing was, Marshall's the guy I wanted, but I thought that Hickey would go if I didn't... Uh, <laughs> right, I we've talked about Tom Hickey too long. I'll talk about Rowan Marshall all day, but we can do it when we get to the St. Kilda game. Marshall. He's amazing. Um, look, we had some great scores from the Magpies. Sidey getting it done again. Trelaw's an interesting one. He's been averaging 127 over the past five. Yeah. Adams almost guaranteed to come back in this week, particularly with Pendlebury going down. Do you think Pendlebury getting that injury helps the scoring when Adams comes back? Because we know what effect he has. Yeah, probably. Um, it's almost like they've just been playing merry-go-round this year. Yeah. Like, one will come in and another one will go out. So, I did hear today, though, that there's a chance that Pendles might not miss much with the um, the finger surgery. I think, yeah, it's supposed to be a bit better than they thought originally. Yeah, so, look, I don't know... Um, I, I, I'm hoping it'll be okay because he's the role he's playing right now, it is just so important for Collingwood. I don't think they will change that with Adams coming back in. So, you know, fingers crossed. We don't know how it's going to work out, but hey, hopefully he keeps this scoring up because he is a top eight mid at the moment. Absolutely. No, he's a top three mid at the moment. 28% owned. So there's a lot of people out there that don't have him. Yeah. He's a, a great option moving forward mm-hmm. if you have to replace a, a Cogs. Just a, a quick one on Jack Crisp as well. He's absolutely a top six back at the moment. There's no question. His, his last five is 117. His average since the buy is over well over 100. It's ridiculous. So I think at the moment, if you don't have Jack Crisp in your defense, he's the one that you need to look for. Um, it's Lockie Whitfield obviously coming back from the injury. He's going to be big. But Jack Crisp... Really big one to watch for me. Yeah, really like it. And they've got some um, Richmond and Gold Coast coming up in the next few as well, yeah. who both tend to be giving up a few points yeah. at the moment. Um, Quain has been standing up a little bit. He's been a nice little pickup in the uh, uh, the time since we haven't been recording the podcast. <laughs> so he's been a good rookie to come in. Um, just quickly as well, I noticed and I read an article recently about Chris Main, and Chris Main is playing real roles, uh, almost. Defensive forward roles, um, yep. legitimate defensive roles. Sometimes uh, he's playing on a wing. They all seem to be kind of defensively based, though. I I um, I saw somewhere that Whitfield might be the target of that. That okay? Because he's mm-hmm. Collingwood are playing GWS this week. Just yep. just a little bit of a you know um, heads up yep, that yep, absolutely it's, it's a great matchup because Main so so good above his head as well, so he can take out Whitfield's marking game. Mm-hmm. Great tackler, great chaser. Um, he's got a good aerobic base as well. I think that's a perfect matchup, and you've got to think that that would be yeah. first in Nathan Buckley's mind. Cornelio's not there. Kelly's not yeah, there. If you yeah. lock down Whitfield... They're, there's a lot of pressure then on second and third, third and fourth year midfielders. So just watch this space, because yeah. next week Whitfield might not be in for as massive a score as some people think. Uh, shall we move on to West Coast? Uh, yes, I think so. Because I mean, this was a great fantasy game, to be honest. Like Elliot Yo with 120, Redden, Gaff, Sheed... Collingwood do give up scores to the midfielders, and they were all big scores yeah, for them. Yeah, absolutely. Gaff, a little bit underwhelming. I'm expecting bigger scores from I him. I was expecting a bit more from him. But, but this consistent scoring over 100 or around about 105 or so, you're not complaining. You're that. not upset with there's, that. There's no. no issue with that whatsoever. Um, Luke Shuey, a lot of people brought in after his ridiculous run of form lately. Shuey's good for your... A 120 every now and again, 110, mm. 120 every now and again. But I think he also bit... puts up a lot of mid 80 scores. Yeah. Um, Especially when to... he gets tagged. He's the most taggable player and yeah. the most obvious tag at West Coast as well because Elliot Yo can sort of do his own thing and he yeah. can be moved around. Luke, Andrew Gaff, you can't really run with him all day. No. Luke Shuey, you can mind at contests. You can, yeah. So 
if you're looking for a point of difference, I think there's better options out there than Shuey. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have the worst basement. Like, mid-80 tends to be his lowest scores, mm. but you'd be wanting a bit more for a point of difference. Speaking about uh, the defensive role that Maine played, he was looking after Shannon Hearn and kept him to 77. And uh, I know Shannon Hearn hasn't been doing quite as well as he was earlier in the season, but... He's still, in my thinking, for that, you know, sixth defender sort of role. Yeah, he slipped down to the bottom end of the, the top six yeah. for mine. He's still in there just, but wouldn't take a lot yeah. to push him out. So, Jared Cameron, what the hell? Where has this come from? Four goals two weeks in a row. <laughs> yeah. I thought he wasn't going to keep his spot in the side after Willie Rioli came in. So, I thought it was just one week. Yeah, they're, they're rolling with Rioli, um, Ryan, and Cameron at the moment. And Cameron and Cripps was in there. Now, Cripps has just got an injury, yeah. which cements his spot further. Petrocelli had a good game in the waffle for the Eagles as yeah. well, so you assume he comes back in. I mean... It's it, an exciting small forward It was line. a really exciting small forward line. It's incredible. Uh, we might move on to the next yeah, game. But from a around. fantasy perspective, obviously, <laughs> it's not sustainable what he's no. doing. Um, I, it, I, I wouldn't even be really looking at him in like a keeper no, league you or would, anything like no, that. No, you, you don't look at it. Small forwards generally... Are not fantasy friendly. Yeah, like, boom or bust, but mostly bust. Exactly as a rule. Yeah. So. Um, all right. So the next game of the round was Sydney versus Carlton, and I love watching Carlton win at the moment. They're the they've been the perpetual underdogs for so long. Uh, David Teague has done some great things. Um, yeah. And just speaking of great things, Nick Newman, one hundred and twenty nine. Mark Murphy is turning his season around. He is <laughs> he is an absolute champ at the moment, and almost looking like a legitimate fantasy option, even in salary cap. I mean, Murphy? we know, yeah, Mark Murphy. Mm, um, okay. Let me just bring up. Let me bring up the stats on Mark Murphy. Con- convince me. All right, all right. I'll do, I'll do. I, I have been out of the loop, so I'm not really sure what's going on. Well, I've days. been out of the loop too, Matt. I mean, we've both, we've both been out of the country for a long period of time. All right, so. Uh, 119 last week. He's priced at 598, so he is super Very cheap. cheap. Very cheap. Um, his break even of 54, so he's going to go up in price. Obviously, mm-hmm. his average score is 91.2 for the year. His last three average is 108.7. Mm, I'm much more interested. 108.7. That's a great score. So if mm. even if he's scoring hundreds. And because of a player like Canelio this week, you can't and you don't have the cash to bring in, say, to upgrade another one of your rookies. If you downgrade Canelio to uh, Mark Murphy, mm-hmm. that will get you a decent amount of cash to maybe upgrade another one of your rookies on the field. Yeah, you know? only four percent owned. Last three, 114, <coughs> 93, and 119. Pretty good. It's not too bad. Got I mean, Gold. Oh, he's got Gold Coast next. Not getting tagged when Paddy Cripps is in the side. No. Surely Brad Shear or someone like that is not going to Mark Murphy. I don't mind it. It's no. risky. It's ballsy, but it might pay off. I actually quite like it. Um, so yeah, Mark Murphy's been doing great. Ed Kernow's playing in the midfield as well, and he's been scoring very well. Yep. Great for draft owners. Um, a lot of draft leagues out there, the waiver wire pickoffs might have been turned off by now, so mm-hmm. if he was dropped to the waiver wire because of his tagging duties, he might be unavailable, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But coaches have kept him. Great job. And, and if your waivers are still active and he's still there, jump on. Yeah. He's got a good good run coming up. Now, we know how badly Paddy Cripps has been affected by the tags recently. Mm. 94 this week, he was being looked after by Hewitt, particularly on the back end. Yep. Against Gold Coast this week, surely this is the bounce back week. This is going to be the week he goes big. You, yeah, yes, 
But I feel like this is also a week where they might not really need him that much. Yeah, true. I, I suppose Gold Coast lately, they seem to have been a side which haven't been giving up as much points to the big guys as they have to the lesser likes. Yeah. So some of the second tier players, um, Can like just get Eddie off the Betts chain. this week, for example, um, you know, they'll get off the chain. They don't pay them as much attention. They can go monster. Yeah. So I'd be more <laughs> interested in Murphy than Cripps this week, I yeah. think. Um, just, Probably reasonably similar in price. Yeah, I, I, I quite the like that. I think Murphy is Probably about a 60, 70k cheaper than yeah. Cripps. So it saves you a little bit. If you're trying to use that cash to upgrade another rookie on your field, if you're if you're desperate and you've already got Cornelio, yeah. that's not the worst option. I'd probably prefer Murphy than Cripps this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. that, I can't believe I'm saying that at this point in the season. I can't believe I'm saying that at any point in the season. Um, yeah. Just quickly, before we move on, uh, Sam Walsh, best year by a, a rookie player for fantasy of all time? Yeah. Yeah, just yeah statistically, just, just best rookie. I mean, any talk of Sydney Stack being the rising star over this guy is stupidity beyond belief for me. I mean, yeah. Sydney Stack is a great young player, and he is going to be an incredible Stack player. Stack might be more of a game-changer and game-winner in future years, but just in terms of... Sam Walsh is probably Sam Walsh has been amazing this year. He is probably already Sam Walsh in the top five best Carlton players. Yeah, or, or most important, especially. Maybe there's a conversation even for top three. That's that uh, he's been. He has that, been but... their second or third best midfielder all year. Yeah, no question about that. Um, Paddy Cripps has been down on form. Mark Murphy's been up and down as well, particularly mm. at the start of the year. Walsh has been just consistent as hell well, well he has been amazing yeah. yeah no for sure and from I, a fantasy perspective it's just been even more phenomenal I just want to get that out because he's, he's been so good um, a quick word on Hugh Goddard he is injured doesn't look like he'll be playing this week either so people that bought him in his bench cover because he was cheap playing his first game yeah it sucks but uh, that's just the way the game is at the moment everything sucks yeah, <laughs> yeah everything sucks I'm so right. negative to, I, I feel so negative after some of the things that happened this weekend um, okay Sydney side of the ledger um, not so good. Yes. Lloyd so good. did Lloyd things. Yeah, he's just been solid. But then no other scores over a hundred. You know, JPK got close. Papa Papley doing good things. He's for having draft a great second half oh, of the year. He is. Um, and Papa Papley. George Hewitt looks like he's going to be a good tall midfielder as well. Once he starts to move away again from those tagging roles, because he's still getting them every now and yeah, then. Yeah. I thought he's he's still struggling a little bit for consistency. Like his last few weeks have been pretty consistently good. Yeah, but. I, his work across the entire year, there's been a little bit of a consistency issue, but I really like what I see from him. I think I, moving forward in years, mm-hmm. he's one to look at in keepers. I was pretty confused by the fact that Ryan Clark was dropped from the side about three or four weeks ago because yeah. he seemed to be playing a good tagging role. He did a good job. Um, I mean, it was fantasy garbage, don't get me wrong. He was awful for fantasy coaches like me. But Are he you going to back him in as your breakout player again next nope, year? No, nope. he's Third he's... time lucky? <laughs> I might go him next year, and then he'll he'll do it. You better third, if, if third you do. Year. If you do, that would be incredible. But <laughs> uh, but no, he's. I thought he was playing a particularly good role, which meant that Hewitt could move away from those tagging roles because he was doing such a good job as an inside tall midfielder. JPK can't do it forever, surely. Um, and yeah, they just dropped him. So I don't know what Longmire's doing half the time, and that this is one of those times. The second half of the year, it's working though. <laughs> Whatever it is, well, a little bit. They just lost to Carlton, so. Um, taken. Yeah, so you can't, can't really say they've been that successful. Touche. Um, but look, Hewitt, I like him from a keeper's perspective. Yeah. Um, moving forward, I think there's a lot of lot to like there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't panic Luke Parker coaches with this score. He has been awesome over the past couple of months, Luke Parker. 
One down score, 72. I think that he should keep that, get that scoring back up next week. But yeah, so don't rush to get rid of him is what I'm saying. There are other trades you probably should be doing at the moment in salary cap leagues in particular. Um, yeah, I don't think you need to rush him out of your side after this one poor score. Because I, I think a lot of people at this time of year, once you're... Um, uh, once you've upgraded all your rookies in salary cap leagues, yep. you've re- you're really starting to look at luxury trades, sideway trades, yeah. and, and, and people tend to jump after one bad performance. Yeah, you panic. You yeah. panic is what you do. So, but my point is, don't panic. I think that he's still going to come good towards the end of the season. Um, all right. So, next game of the round was the Dockers versus the Hawks. How did you <laughs> feel about this game as a Dockers fan? Oh, we were never going to win this. It's against <laughs> Hawthorne in Launceston. Yeah, exactly. We were never going to win it. Yeah, I mean... Didn't even bother watching. The amount of times that you have to play Hawthorne in Launceston is just ridiculous. Um, But we'll... we'll, okay. We we can't beat Hawthorne anyway, regardless of where we play them, so... (laughs) Um, Some of the fantasy scores. Ricky Henderson bounced back from a couple of poor scores with a monster here. 123 was great from him. He is the definition of boom or bust this year. He is, and his boom has just been incredible. Been and then so good. he's either getting 120s or he's getting 70s, yeah. 60s to 70s. He's yeah. he's not getting too many 90s. So is he like I know it, he's owned in every draft league, and of course, whoever of owns course. him loves it. Is he an option for salary? No, no, I don't think he is. So I, he will be like the bad games. He will lose you matchups, mm-hmm. and you'll slide in rankings. But the good games, he'll probably single-handedly win you matchups. That's true. I mean, I would probably prefer if you're looking at a boom and bust player like that. I would prefer like an Elliot Yo, who has the biggest ceiling. I would suggest. Ooh, does he though? I, I reckon he does. Elliot Elliot Yo. I'm not convinced. he Oh, I'm doing this off no numbers whatsoever. Me, so. me neither. Um, me neither. But my gut feel is that Henderson's. <laughs> I just my my this gut, year has had a mm, better ceiling. I, I guess you're right. Um, I I I just feel like if you're going with those some of those wishy washy um, boomer bust type players, I like the Elliot Yo's. This it's probably considering, a, a closer. Yeah, it's less of a gap between the boom and the. Bust I think I'd him. probably prefer like a Paddy Cripps as well at this stage. I know that he's down at the moment, but his his best is as good as anyone in the comps. So yeah, um, and playing Gold Coast this week, not a bad option either. Good so point. yeah, um, alrighty, yeah. Who else? Uh, James Warple just keeps on keeping on. I. I it, I can't believe it is a legit option to continue rolling with Warple in your salary cap side at this point in yeah, the year. Yeah, he could quite he could quite <coughs> easily be your fourth or fifth forward. I mean, I got rid of I. The thing is, I at the start of the year this would have been locked into a, the fourth forward, but the forwards have come good since we've been away. So good. The, I, you the know, back I, line is like just garbage at the moment, and the mm, forward line is gold. I actually have seven starting forwards in salary cap. I'm oh, playing one of them in the midfield. Are you? Which one? Danger. Oh, you got danger in the midfield. Well, I've got Marshall in the ruck line. So <laughs> he's and he's a ruck forward who I... Yeah. I mean, I got rid of Gorn for him. I think that was the right... Well, it is the right choice. He's obviously... Gorn didn't play last uh, the week before and he's outscored Gorn this week, just passed by 10 or so points. So, mm. uh, But yeah, at some point you can swing him into the forward line. But who for? You know, everyone in the forward line at the moment is either going big or has had a down game but has the ability to get yeah. back up there. So, tough choices all around. It is. Um, but yeah, Warpool has been absolutely stellar. And yeah, if, if you don't want to get rid of him, if you don't have to, you know, he'd probably be the first luxury trade. Like, you're not getting yeah. rid of these established premiums. Like, I just some. Would you prefer Zebel in your side or Warpool? 
Well, I had both and I <coughs> traded Warple out last week. Yeah. I, this I week would, just got, which in hindsight was the wrong decision. Yeah. I prefer Zebel as well because, I mean, Zebel's had a down game this week, but we know what he's done before that and he's been really good. Yeah. Um, Zebel is probably the one on <coughs> shakiest ground out of the, that top six or seven. I, yeah, talks, I agree. So, <coughs> I agree. Um, he'd be the one I'd be looking to move on if you've got, if you're making a luxury trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, some solid draft games from Jaeger, Amira, McAvoy, uh, Bruce, all in the 90s. So draft owners will be pleased with that. Mm-hmm. Mitch Lewis showing a little bit there with an 80 He's from had him. back-to-back 80 games. Yeah, um, interesting for keeper league owners. Um, yep. Just yep. Some, something to look at there. Um, James Sicily, just, uh, just horseshit. Um, yeah, I know. Look, not, not, not a massive fan. Um, Birchall came back this week and was mm. very solid. Um, there's a lot of people suggesting that he's taking away some of the switching marks that Sicily would normally uh, pick up. Potentially, yeah. And I, I was, you know, hesitant uh, about that argument going, no, 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 surely not. I mean, he's replaced someone else in the team, so he would be picking up his. But... That's all Birchall can do at the moment, realistically. And his, <laughs> or just his, his nous, his, yeah. uh, his tactical nous. Um, he knows where to position himself and he knows the best kick to take. Mm. Uh, but he's not a, a lockdown defender. He doesn't have the, no. the physical ability, I wouldn't say, to run with some of the small forwards. But particularly coming back off, off massive injury two, layoff. Well, two years of injury so and they, at his age. So they're basically just using him in the lineup at the moment he's for right. those plus six marks to distribute the ball out of there. So that is a legitimate argument. If you're looking at if you have Sicily in your side and you don't have to deal with the Canelios of the world or replacing any other injured players, he would be the first I'd be looking at getting rid of. Because yes, he was awesome last week, but he was just absolutely crap the few weeks before that, and he's gone with another sixty this week. So he's had one good game in a month, or maybe even a month and a half, to be honest. So what on and on the other side of the ledger, mm-hmm. would you look at Birchall? No, probably not. I mean, Birchall was cheap. If, if this was at the start of the year, I would, but no, not this. I don't think he's going to go big enough. This isn't the time to be bringing in mid-prices unless they've got the ability to go super big like a Mark Murphy or a, a Paddy Cripps, you know, those sorts of Fair guys. Enough. Even if I say the words 367,000? Look, I know that is super cheap, don't get me wrong, but I think I'd... I think I'd... Sicily and Birchall will compete with each other yeah. for those plus sixes, and I don't think any of them is going to come off particularly massive. So, yeah. no, you know, Sicily might go 90 next week, and Birchall might go 70. Mm-hmm. Um, and 90 is not particularly want from what you want from your premium defender, and a, definitely a 70 from Birchall. So, I just think they're going to play off of each other. Second game back is always the toughest after a long exactly. layoff too. Um, we'll get over to the Dockers side of the ledger as well. So, Nat 5, 128. I was... A little worried about Nat Five. I, I feel weird saying that after him scoring 128 as an owner because he got a lot of those points in the forward line from goals. Yeah. If they stick decide to stick him forward, he's not going to consistently score well. And there was an article uh, which referenced David Mundy, which came out today, saying that it is tempting and he can see the reasoning behind playing Nat Five up forward, but they desperately need him in the midfield. So that... Yeah, sort of eased my worries, yeah. but just I think it's flat. It's something to flag. Because, I think this was mm. probably more. Um, he copped a pretty big hit early in the game. He did. to his shoulder, which mm-hmm. he's had issues with. So that might be why they played him a bit forward, just to protect him a bit. So 
it might be something that they they do if they need to, but I think their preference would be to stick him in the midfield because he's just too dominant. Yeah, and it definitely eased my fears because that legitimately I was worried about that, especially when I saw the shoulder injury and how mm. often he's done that in the past. You know, I, I was worried about the scoring uh, yeah. ability there. Uh, Brad Hill, good score from him. Luke yep. Ryan's done the roller very, coaster continues. Yeah, he's been solid enough for draft owners this year. But look, I think he's a good draft option. I wouldn't be looking at him in salary cap in the foreseeable future no. because he's just too inconsistent. But in draft, yeah. he's perfect for that yep. second or third defender. Andy Brayshaw has been playing a lot of midfield minutes lately. Um, had 11 contested possessions, which was the third highest for the team. So he's starting to put together a good season and looks very, very good for a third-year breakout next year. So I'm keeping a close eye for keeper owners on Andrew Brayshaw. Mm-hmm. Um, same with uh, uh, just uh, picking up Connor Blakely. Uh, will be very interesting to watch for next year because the amount of time he spent in defence this year makes me think that he's going to keep that defender status next year and that could be the year that he plays more midfield time. Yeah, I agree. What about, um, is there any love for Darcy Tucker? Having um, an amazing month. Yeah, Darcy Tucker's been having... From a keeper perspective. He's he's just one of those guys that just so under the radar it's ridiculous. I'm not even sure what he looks like. And he might, going forward, he might be like a... Um, maybe an Isaac Smith of your league, you know, someone yeah. who doesn't go in your draft league until incredibly late, but is very solid for you. Yeah, I mean, the he's year. gone 97, 103, 87, and 87 in his <coughs> last month, and he's 71% owned in Ultimate Footy. Yeah. So he's a pure mid, though, isn't he? Um, he is in our league. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think he's had any DPP. Is it? Yeah. So if he if he does have DPP status, he interests me. If he's just a midfielder, he doesn't interest me mm-hmm. at all. So that's that's going to be the uh, the sticking point for me next year. I think. Um, yeah, I think we'll uh, we'll go into the next game of the round, which was uh, Saturday afternoon. Essendon taking on North Melbourne. This was a ripper, actually. This was a really good. This game. This was yeah. really close. Um, Essendon just got up from McDonald tipping Woody um, last like that was minute a thirty. Goal. That was awesome. That angle was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on the uh, the winning side, Zach Merritt, one hundred and fourteen. Now Merritt, mm-hmm. if you don't own him, is a Decent option, I think, for the Canelio trade this week. Yeah, that's he's a, a really good option. He's got a great run coming up. I looked at it before. I mm-hmm. can't remember exactly who was involved, but I'm pretty sure there was a, at least a Carlton and a Gold Coast. So yeah. he's got some good games. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, when, when it comes to your, uh, picking your trades for a Canelio, 26% of the competition has to deal with this. So that, that was the ownership numbers for him. Um, for me, you've always got to think about what you want out of these last few weeks. Are you going for a draw, uh, a league win? Are you, are you mm-hmm. pushing up uh, to try and uh, get into the finals for your league? Or are you trying to raise your rankings? Are you in the, the push for the top 100? You know, Are you, you still within sight of that? Because if you are, Zach Merritt has such a high ownership percentage, especially in that top few hundred. 15% owned. 15%? Is that all for Only Zach Merritt? 15% owned. I could have swore that the, the top 100 ownership was something closer oh, the, to 50%. The top, owner, the top 100% ownership probably pretty high, but yeah. overall ownership's 15%. Wow, okay. So that's interesting to me. Um, I would be having a look at the numbers of the top 100% uh, or top 100 ownership because if that's higher than, say, 60% or 50%, is that going to be pushing you up enough in the rankings to get you towards that top 100? You know, do you oh, want to be looking at a POD? Someone yeah. like a, um, oh, I don't know, a um, an Elliot Yo yeah. or a um, uh, a Bonsapel. Bonsapel is probably a bad example, but yeah. um, 
maybe a Matt Crouch or, or someone the, the Murphy we were talking about the Murphy we were talking about you know someone like that Paddy Cripps after his injury he's not in as many teams anymore you know someone like that could propel you forward in the rankings much quicker yep. I mean it's a risk because you could obviously fall but it's yeah. the quickest way to get up there yep. so well, just it's the only way to go, get up there at this stage to think of about. the year but in saying that I completely agree with you Merritt is a great option for yeah, Canadian and his week. run home he's got Gold Coast he's got Bulldogs he's got Frio the only issue with them in the finals. Yeah, true. Remember, Gold Coast do tag, and he's the number one tag priority. Yeah, true. Game. So, just an interesting one. Uh, but great game from him. Tipping Woody was a great game. Uh, Zach Clark, where was this last week, mate? Uh, Would have been so handy. much potential. <laughs> uh, so much potential. So much potential. I don't think I've ever heard of that before. Um, in relation to Zach Clark, um, <laughs> Darcy Parrish has been putting together a solid season. Um, and there's a chance he'll retain his forward status for next year, which will be very interesting because almost all the good forwards this year are losing that forward status. Dangerfield is a midfielder next year. Yep. Kelly is a midfielder next year. Yep. Boak is a midfielder. Yep. Um, no question about Zeeble's that. Zeeble's a midfielder. A midfielder. Goes back to um, actually probably the only one who's a chance to retain it because he has played a fair yeah. bit up forward. Rowan Marshall's a ruck only. Uh, Dusty Martin... Might keep it, but more nah, likely to be a mid midfielder. Only. Dunkley's a midfielder. Jack only. Billings is a midfielder. Yep. That is the top seven or eight right there. That All of those are no longer forwards next year. Yep. So, someone like a, um, a Darcy Parrish might be an interesting one. Oh, you'd be, you wouldn't be feeling good about it. No, I'm not year, feeling though. good about any forwards next year, to be honest. <laughs> next year is going to be a wasteland in the forward line. The, Having I re- said that, we started this year with... <laughs> a waste, forward. true. But we did still have the big names in there. So a lot of big oh, names we were in there. A couple. Um, and Dangerfield, I suppose, that's the thing. You get the POD, oh, the um, not POD, the DPP changes coming in midway through. Dangerfield got that this year, so that's that's a big thing. Um, okay, so uh, North Melbourne side of the ledger. Any other bombers you want to talk about? Uh, not really. Dylan Clark had a, a solid game for player, uh, coaches that are still holding on to him, so uh, nice reward for them. Uh on the North Melbourne side, Ben Brown had his one amazing game in five. So he was ridiculous. He's that guy good. on the waiver wire. That he's on every waiver wire and he just tantalizes you when yep. you need someone to plug and play. He's, he's one of our risk at him And you just go, if he kicks a bag, he could crack the ton. He's a risk at regular. That's that's what he is. He just, yep. one in five games, he's having a massive one. And then the rest, it's like 60. He's a risk at MVP. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. No <laughs> question. Um, Robbie Tarrant was very solid this game. Uh, do not look at Robbie Tarrant in draft leagues. Just don't do it. Uh, Cam Zerha, you got a man crush on this boy. I love me some Zerha. So do I. To be I'm, honest, so do I. I am big on Zerha next year for keeper leagues. Yep. I'm interested in him in redraft leagues as well next year because mm. he'll get regular time, especially if Reece Shaw keeps the coaching because he's he's really changed the way this team is scoring, I think. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> I read an article saying that he hasn't actually really made any structural changes, but... The team's just playing so much mm. better. Well, see, I'm, he might. I, I'm not sure exactly, you know, what structural changes he might have done or might not have done. But he he's playing Zebel in the middle much more than Brad Scott would regularly play him. Um, I don't know. He's Zebel. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's giving some yeah. young guns a little bit more time in there than Brad yeah. Scott might have. The the other one I've liked it since um, Shaw took over is Simkin. <laughs> Oh, he's been this awesome. This game wasn't great. I think he got 50-odd. But his two games prior to that, he went, what was it, uh, 78 versus the Pies and 110 yeah. versus the Saints. So Simkin and Zerha 
I quite like for next year, Look, particularly in keepers. The fact that we have been talking about North Melbourne for more than 30 seconds just shows how much <laughs> change Reshaw has brought to this club. And that is all I will say yeah. before we move on to the yeah. next game. Oh, and your boy, Taron Thomas, also quite I like I really like Taron Thomas as well. Keeper League, yeah. just keep an eye on him. He is going to be very good. It's going to be weird next year if we're talking a lot about North players. <laughs> yes, it will, which is why I'm moving on. Um, Gold Coast and the Crows, I, this was just horrifying. I mean... Gold Coast are just terrible at the moment, so and they're just giving up massive scores. So, how many have we got? We've got one, two, three, four players scoring over 120. Um, wow. Another three players scoring over 100, and six, seven, eight, nine, ten players in the 90s. So, I mean, everyone just went huge. They kept the ball off of them. Brad Crouch has been outstanding all year. Matt Crouch came back because I think he was on about 55 to 60 points at three-quarter time. He went huge in the last quarter. Um, Rory Laird was tagged and still made his way to 98, so that's a promising sign. Um, And Shear was the one doing that. So, Mm -hmm. Speaking of people that will have forward status next year, Mm -hmm. Hugh Greenwood. Yeah, I'm very interested in him in drafts and keepers next year. Yeah, drafts, keepers, and maybe even salary cap, depending on how much he I is. I think he'll be too. He'll be at that awkward price. You don't want to look at in salary he, cap, but yeah. in drafts, I'd be really keen on Hugh Greenwood next yeah, year. Interesting. Ho- hopefully, a slider next year. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> the amount of work that we put in in the preseason just there's not too many sliders that are no. that fall down, is there these days? Um, Wayne Miller was great with a 92 as well. I really like this youngster. He's he's going to be a great player. Yeah. And you I, know what I just realised? We've clearly given up on this year because we're just talking we're about, just, guys we are, for we're next just year. about next year. <laughs> I, I'm just really interested to see what the forward line looks like next year. The defenders should stay pretty similar. I mean, Whitfield is a midfielder next year. Yeah, great. no no question whatsoever. Who are the other big defenders? Shannon Hearn keeps his. Yep. Jake Lloyd keeps his. Crisp keeps his. So does Tom Stewart. So does Sisley. Um, so does Sisley. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> Basher Hooley keeps his. Yeah. So, I mean, really, we're only losing the one big dog. You know, Laird is staying yeah. a defender. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Absolutely. Okay, some of the other players. Um, look, I don't want to talk about this one too long because it was just a mauling. Mm. But the only thing to keep in mind is if your team's coming up against Gold Coast, load up on them. Yep. Load Absolutely. up on them. <laughs> Particularly, like you said earlier, potentially those second <clears throat> stringer guys. Um, I mean, the top line guys in this game went... Nuts, but yeah. the second string guys also had. Well, Eddie Betts, Hugh Greenwood, Josh Jenkins, um, Riley O'Brien, Riley Knight, you know, Wayne Miller, those guys. Yeah. Um, they're the second stringers and they went big. Um, Gold Coast, Darcy McPherson tackled his way to a good score with 108, and Jared Witts has been solid all year with 104, mm-hmm. but apart from that, not much. Yeah. Um, uh, Pierce Hanley, 74% owned in Ultimate Footy. Yeah. So there's about a quarter of leagues where you could grab him as a plug-and-play if you need him. Yeah. Uh, Fiorini had a very down game with 63. I, to be honest, I think his fall away is just because Gold Coast have been so poor. I, like, And he's been shouldering the burden most of the, the whole year, so he he's got to be starting to feel it a bit. Yeah, and he he's one of those players that's a little bit... He's not Dane Swan-like, because he's a little bit more agile maybe than Dane Swan. But he is an accumulator, and he, yeah. he does rely on some extra plus sixes. And when your team is as bad as Gold Coast, you're not getting as many plus well, sixes. It's difficult to get plus sixes when your team doesn't have the ball. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, Lockie Weller's scoring has gone down a little bit as well, considering um, yeah. Pierce Hanley and uh, uh, who else? Harbrow. So Pierce yeah. Hanley coming back does hurt yeah. his... Hardbrow's um, dropped off a bit in the last month as well. Mm, but yeah. I think it's a combination mm. of the fact that it's a long season and these guys have been carrying, shouldering the load the whole year. Yeah. And 
yeah. Exactly. These other guys coming back into the side. Right, we'll get on to the last game from Saturday. This was the the Cats and the Saints. It looked like it was going to be a close one for about a quarter and a half. The Saints were really bringing it up to them, mm. and then they just fell away towards the end. But um, solid fantasy scoring again. So Dangerfield and Duncan have been great all year. Duncan is one that I really... Yeah, He's quite well-owned as well. Um, so I'd be interested to see what his ownership level is. I'm going to assume it's around about 15 to 20. Oh, you'd be wrong. Oh, Guess again. Higher? Lower? Lower. Lower. Wow, is it closer to 10? Lower. Duncan. Duncan. Mitch Duncan. Mitch Duncan. 6.5% owned. All right, then. He's a huge candidate. I honestly thought that he was Great option. He'll cost you a little bit more than Cornelius. 749. So if you got the 20K. Um, Wow. And he's got he's got Hawthorne this week. They can give up some points. He's got Frio. He's got Colton. He's got Colton around 23. 7% ownership. Wow. That is incredible. Um, sorry, I just looked it up on my screen. So, um, so yeah, I really because like, I didn't believe you. <laughs> I really like Mitch Duncan as an option yeah. as well. He's one of those guys that the um, uh, that uh, he just flies under the radar. Yeah. But think? also, Roy from the Traders has been pushing him quite hard this year. You see oh, a lot about yeah. it in articles. Um, and don't the Dream Team Talk guys are absolute champions. We love mm. them over there. So all the respect in the world. But generally, when they talk up a player, the ownership levels go up, go yep. through the roof. So I assume that Duncan might be a little bit higher than he was, but he's he, a great option. He had that month mid-season where he was just going gangbusters, oh, but he's ridiculous. dropped off a little bit since mm-hmm. then. So some people might have sort of moved on, but uh, his yeah. last last game was good. Um, 122? No, pretty Dun- happy with Duncan's that. been great all year. Uh, Tim Kelly is copping a lot of tags lately. He's copping mm-hmm. the tags. He's been up and down, so he'll go 110 yeah. one week. He'll go 80 another week. So... He's still averaging enough to be in that top... It's a frustrating hold, though. Exactly. And the thing is, Tim Kelly is... I, I'm positive that Tim Kelly is highly owned. I'm positive. Oh, yeah, he is. He is. <laughs> so, you know, if you've got someone... If you're looking at someone like a Zeeble or something like that, I, I couldn't get rid of Tim Kelly. It's just the upside. He's 45% owned. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you got one, finally. Yeah, true. <laughs> but, yeah, no. Ignore everything I've said. I, I was thinking for a moment that you could possibly think about getting rid of Tim Kelly if he is going to be copping every tag every week, which he seems to... Dangerfield isn't getting as much yeah. attention because they teams know now how ridiculously good Tim is. And if you can keep him to 20 disposals, even though they're incredible disposals and he's still doing well from a game point yeah. of view, that's not great for fantasy. Look, the only guy that I would really consider switching him for at the moment is Dunkley. Yeah. Billings? Billings is going yeah. incredibly... Incredibly, Dunkley, Dunkley, Billings. Yeah, to a lesser degree. I would degree. want Billings more than Kelly at the moment. Uh, Boke, no. Nah. Like everyone else owns Boke, yeah. but Zebel probably not. Marshall, nah. I might want more than Kelly. Really? Yeah, Marshall has Ooh. been incredible, man. We're going to bring up the numbers next when we go over to St Kilda, yeah, okay. but um, it might be interesting. You can bring up on your little screen there. Now. Bring up a tra- a comparison on Marshall. I can't do that. Yes, you can. <laughs> Will you bring up? Uh, Tim Kelly's and I'll bring up Ron Marshall's. <laughs> Alright, that works. Um, okay, so some of the other players Wait, who the am I You're doing Tim Kelly. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, the level of organisation on this podcast is you incredible. Can, you can tell we're a little rusty. <laughs> I have. Um, okay, so Tom Stewart copped a bit of attention as well in the back line. I, I think um, Stewart I was on, what was it, 30 points at quarter time mm-hmm. and didn't touch it in the entire second quarter. Yeah, yeah. He was still on 30 points at half time. 
Ah, oh, unfortunate. I mean, I own Tom Stewart. I know. <laughs> I brought him in this week. <laughs> That's the worst thing, that when you bring someone in, if they've had a great run, they've got a good matchup. Almost guarantee that's the week yeah, they're going to exactly. take it. It's always the way. Having it's, said so. Yeah, no, it's a solid score it's for good. a defender. You're pretty happy with it that. Good. Um, Jordan Clark, obviously, we, we know how good this kid is, and but I just want to say again, watch this kid in keepers. If your keeper yes. league is not paying as close to attention as they should be to Jordan Clark... Yeah. You can just get the head start. He's just growing more and more as the season's progressed. It's been incredible. Um, Okay, we will move over on to the Saints. And the highest score of this week was Rowan Marshall with 122. Okay, let let me... uh, All right, you bring up Marshall. Yeah, let me bring up my stats. I will wow you with some Tim Kelly stats. All right, all right. You you do that now. All right, so uh, average for the year is 100. Mm -hmm. Last three average 92. Last five average is 95. Mm -hmm. Um, What else do you want to know? Uh, no, that's that's about it. That's all I need to know. Okay, so that was a hundred and a hundred point two, was it? Hundred, hundred for the year. Hundred for the year. Okay, ninety two in the last three. Okay, Rowan Marshall's average for the year is one hundred and one. Right. His last five average is one hundred and twelve point eight. Right. He has since, so that's pretty good. Um, and right. I think his last three average is one hundred and seventeen over the last three. That's pretty good. And this but guy, it's all about what happens next. <coughs> so this, who's his? Who's his he got next, next matchup? Is the Bulldogs? He's playing Tim English, Matt. Okay, more well, that beats he Tim Kelly going, playing Hawthorne. He is going to destroy Tim English. He is going yes. to make him cry, unfortunately. Yes. What, and I love Tim English. What's his um, his finals matchups? Uh, ooh, interesting. Um, Around 21, 22, 23. All right, 21, 22, 23. We've got Rio, Carlton, and the Sydney. The grand final is Sydney Swans, who don't have a ruck. Frio is tough. Yep. Carlton with Cruiser, depending on if he's actually playing through injury, is tough as well. Mm, but yep. this guy has done very well against uh, I'd, established I'd back him against Cruiser. I um, think they'll both score. And he's playing against the Rockless Swans in the last round. Yeah, all right. So Tim Kelly's got North, Brisbane, and Carlton. Two, oh, so he's got an easy one in the last one and two tough ones as well. Yeah. Ooh, two toughish ones. Yeah, this is just a, a intellectual exercise for us because I'm you want both of these guys in yeah. your team. But if you were choosing between them, I'm choosing Marshall at the moment. You know what? Why not? I didn't pick him earlier in the year at the draft and it's, it came back to haunt <laughs> me, so I'll go now. him now. That's the way, buddy. All right, some of the other players. Hunter Clark had a breakout game. Massive. Hunter Clark. <clears throat> in ultimate footy. 55% owned. If you're in a keeper league and you can pick people up off the waivers and he's available, get him. Yeah. His last easily. <laughs> last four games, he's gone 71 versus Brisbane, 91 versus Richmond, 78 versus North, and 119 versus Geelong. His next two, he's got Bulldogs and Melbourne. Mm-hmm. So if you wait, it's going to be too late because he will go big in those two games. Oh, he definitely will. Gone. Yeah. So in a keeper league... Grab him now. Yeah, no question. Uh, Jack Billings is another one who's just been doing absolutely amazing. So, uh, just to give you some quick numbers on Jack Billings. Do you have Jack Billings in your side, by the way? He's one of my seven forwards. He's one of your seven forwards, (laughs) yeah. Um, But just some of the numbers that Jack Billings has been putting up lately. So, his average for the year is just over 100. So, he's averaging more than um, Tim Kelly as well Mm. now. He's uh, just gone past. Um, last five average of 122.8. That's pretty good. Uh, last 10, a little bit less at 110.3. Still pretty good. <laughs> You're still happy with that. Um, with a season high of 170, which was against Gold Coast, which we 
don't really count. You are right there. You need a drink of water. I, I think I do need a drink of water. <laughs> <laughs> I'm slowly dying. Billings has had a great second half of the year, so you um you have a drink while I talk for yep. a bit. Uh. So yeah, I, I'd be quite happy with Billings. I think he's someone that you probably do want to look at getting into your salary cap. I giving it a bit more thought. I'd quite happily switch Zebul for sure and possibly Kelly to him if you're doing luxury trades at this mm-hmm. time in the year. Um, you yep, feel agree. a bit better now. <coughs> Uh, I hope the listeners enjoyed that. Um, you definitely did because you, you got to see my face go completely red. I did. Um, okay, so, and some of the other great scores, Shane Savage, great, Jake Gresham, and Jack Steele all broke the ton. Mm-hmm. Great for draft owners there. Um, Nick Caulfield showed a little bit of something. He's played the last three games in a row, so it'll be oh, interesting look, to see. From... I'm just happy they're actually giving him a go yeah, at the moment. They, they just need to play him. Alan Richardson just needs to play this guy. Hunter Clark's coming good, so there's no issue about having to play him, but... He needed to give Hunter Clark game time in the AFL. Um, yeah, agreed. And it's the same with players like, you know, um, Akers. Um, he didn't have as great a game this week, but he needs to be given uh, game time. It wouldn't surprise me if Akers got overtaken by um, Clark and Cofield at some point. I agree. In the, not in the next 12 months. But Akers could play forward a bit better. Like Akers does play forward. Yeah. He can't break into their midfield. Yeah, which and Jack Stevens is going to come back into this midfield. Hopefully, fingers crossed at some stage, because we want to see the... The, uh, the great mullet back in the midfield. I mean, we miss him. Um, but uh, obviously, he's he's got his own uh, battles to get through, and, and we hope he, uh, he, he gets through those. Um, so we'll move on to the first game from Sunday, which, oh, God. Um, okay, uh, this was Richmond versus GWS. So we all know what happened here. This is the game that Stephen Canelio scored zero, and it was on our field. Now, normally we talk about the winners first. We, we'll talk about Richmond in a second because we have to get past... We have to talk about Cogs. We do have to talk about Cogs. Now... We should oh, have like a moment of silence for it. We really should. I mean, Cogs has done we love so, Cogs. so well this year. I mean, I ranked him so highly this year. I think I was taking him around about picks five or six in draft leagues. And he was justifying that with his scores this year. Yeah. Um, He's been the linchpin of my keeper side all year. <laughs> I know. You've, you really need a moment of silence uh, for him. You've, yeah. uh, I think he's pretty much single-handedly... Well, this weekend's pretty much single-handedly ruined any chance I have of winning this year. Unfortunately, um, and the the questions that we got in this week were pretty much all pertaining to uh to this loss. So you know, Craig yeah. sent in a question asking who are the best midfield replacements for Cornelio and Brayshaw. Um, we've got uh, Matt Mottram who's asking a uh, similar dilemma Cogs with Cods and Brayshaw. Um, so we'll go through some of those options in a minute. Yeah, but um, look, this but obviously sucks. News. I think the fact that. I was trolling through the rules trying to figure out whether my emergency counted to desperately get yeah. the 39 points from Nick Hunt. <laughs> Me too. Um, and, of course, no, it doesn't. So, that hurts. That sucks. Yeah. I. The good news is it's only 8 to... 8 to whatever it is. Yeah, weeks. so it's not an ACL. It's not an ACL. He's got, you know, 8 weeks. There's a chance he might play finals because it was cartilage and he's having an yep. arthroscope. So, yep. it's not a full knee reconstruction. Yep. So, so, it's actually really good. It, great news. Which means he should be good for next year for us. Exactly, because he'll have the full preseason and that's a big thing. So, we don't have to miss out on that next year. Yeah. Um, now, alright. So, we'll talk about some midfield replacements. We've already done that to an extent. We think... Mark Murphy and Cripps are good options yep. if you need the cash grab. Yep. So if you do need some quick cash from somewhere else. I, I like Merritt, but there is the risk of him being tagged. Um, uh, Duncan is a great option. Duncan's a great option. Considering his low ownership. Like, Merritt is more highly owned. Duncan has been doing better than Merritt this year and has a much lower ownership, so it will help you in the rankings. 
um, to try and move up that yeah. little bit. So he's... They'd be our top options, I yeah, think. I think the one more I'll throw in is if you don't own Lockie Whitfield, so if you didn't bring him back last week yeah. with his injury, what I'm doing this week is I'm bringing Whitfield into my side for Cornelio. It's, mm-hmm. it's close to a straight swap. I think it costs you 30k, so if you've got... Um, about 50 <coughs> Does it really? Yeah. Wow, okay. So I spent Whit- 50k. Whitfield's 779, and I think Cogs went down to about 720 Oh, he, w- he so. lost 52,000, unfortunately, yeah. with the zero. Jeez. And that's the other hit. Like, he was worth a good amount, and then... Yep. Yeah, that sucks. So, um, yeah, Whitfield is a good option, because you can bring him into the midfield next week, and then hope... Oh, uh, this week, and hopefully next week, you flip him into the back line for someone like Sicily or, or Hearn or whoever whoever you think still, is underperforming. You're still stuck with Brandon Ellis. Or Xavier Dersma, someone like that. So, um, yeah. are you still stuck with Brandon Ellis? There's been too much shit going on, man. <laughs> I haven't had a chance to get rid of him. Oh, that hurts. Um, but yeah, so those are some really good options. Another good option if you don't own him, Tim Taranto is yeah. going to go big. Because he Whitfield's going to get some attention. Mm-hmm. Tim Taranto is going to go big. Toronto's going to do well. Uh, I look quite like Hopper as well. More, yeah. not so much in salary cap. Draft, o- draft owners can obviously if, charge a bit more in a trade now yeah, for him. If if you've got him in a draft, you're either loving the fact that he's going to help you in your finals push, or you're selling very high. So yeah, selling him high. Um, Lockie Whitfield, obviously 117 in this game was incredibly good. Um, played just everywhere does Lockie Whitfield things. He was on the wing. He was down back. He was in the forward line. Just didn't care. He was where the ball was. <laughs> Um, Ian Hill showed a bit, I reckon. He, he looked pretty good. Yeah, uh, On debut, where is he? Three goals, one, 15 touches. Only one mark and one tackle and got 65. So yeah, there's so a bit of scope to sort of yeah. grow that. The only question is, if he was playing for another team, I'd be very interested. But ju- they just have such a uh, full midfield there at GWS. He's going to be a small forward for a very long time. Oh, which, which And he's very lightly framed as well. So it'll take him time to even physically mature to the point where he could play midfield. Exactly. Uh, oh, I'm just looking at the uh, the stats lines here for the game, and right down the bottom, obviously, Stephen Cornelio, and there's no numbers next to him. None whatsoever, and it's just sad. Uh, we'll move on to the uh, the Tigers, who who did win the game. They were very impressive. Uh, Shy Bolton, with 115, has been playing midfield minutes. Yeah, but he's just one of that <laughs> second-tier midfield yeah. rotation, so I'm not massively interested really in any format at the moment. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Um, uh, Basher Hawley was very impressive this week after a, a pretty poor couple of weeks in a row, so I still think he's not entrenched, but he's still a top-six defender that you, you yeah. need to be looking at. I would agree. Uh, Brandon Ellis, well, you might be stuck with him, but he got 104 this week. That's uh, not his bad. first good score in like a month, so... <laughs> Um, Dusty Martin's worrying me a bit as, as a yeah. forward because he's playing more up forward. Yeah, that good month or so that he had over. And so, and he's playing significantly less in the midfield than he was. He's playing a lot more up forward. Yeah. And I, yeah, he's not going monster. I, obviously with the issues with Cornelio and stuff, I think most people are going to at least give him another week. If he has a, a, a poor game next week, a, a score below 90, yep. I'm looking at moving him on. Because yeah, there's too agree. many other good forwards to waste that. Yeah, like, is, We've listed them several yeah, times already. Exactly. So, yeah. um, Sydney stack just quickly as well before we move on. Mm. I mean, this kid's good. Um, keeper league owners, I'm a, I'm a, I bought him in off the draft, off the waiver wire, I should say. <clears throat> and I'm very, very happy with that choice. <laughs> He's going to be but great. I'm a little bit worried about the change in role. Because... Okay. He was playing as an intercept defender and a distributing defender. 
that is an incredibly fantasy-friendly role. Yeah. He's now playing much more up forward. They moved him into that sort of half-forward, high-forward role. That's a tougher role to actually score fantasy it, points. It is, yeah. So, Do you he, think, though, that was due to Tom Lynch not being too mobile and Rewalt not being in the team at the time? Well, no, he's played up forward in this game as well, and he was... Um, he scored well, don't get me wrong, but he was playing off half forward as well. Uh, Jack Rewalt was playing, um, uh, who obviously Tom Lynch was in there yeah. too, and he's keeping players like Jack Higgins in the twos, yeah. um, Baker's in the twos as well. Yeah. So those sort of guys, he's taken their role. Um, and play, and they've got Egmolesi Smith, or whatever his name is, playing down back, who, who was actually quite good as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, Look, I, I think that, yeah, it's a tough... The half-forward flank is a tough position to play, but if you play it well, there's a lot of opportunity to score there. Mm-hmm. And while Rewalt and Lynch are playing well, they're drawing the aerial attention, and yeah. Stack can sort of do his thing mm-hmm. um, and take advantage of mismatches. So, yeah, so I, I think there's a bit of opportunity there. Um, as a first-year player, I think he's just, maybe they're just testing him out in a variety of roles. I, I think that he'll be a very good fantasy player because he just he's so such a complete player already in terms of what he can do and he should get much more midfield minutes uh, in the next few years but I just don't like the rule cha- the the role change I should say I loved him as an intercept and distributing defender yeah. not so much as a small forward just right, yeah. fair enough great for the game I mean he takes great marks kicks great goals but not good for fantasy <laughs> um, the, uh, the bullies and the demons uh, dogs got up in the end good game mm-hmm. to watch was really a good game, good game. And one of the reasons, as a fantasy coach, that this was a great game was Josh Dunkley. The Dunks. Bloody monstered it with 189. It was huge. What a player. Oh, just... If you put the captaincy on him, which we didn't, but I gave advice we, to other people we too. We both had him as vice-captain, didn't we? <clears throat> yeah, I had him as vice-captain. I had McRae as captain. Um, mm-hmm. I, still but, 110. Still happy with that. But. Yeah, true. Oh, you, you're happy... With it in terms of like you're you're okay with it, but the fact that a player on your team that you were so close to even the captaincy to got you an extra eighty odd points, it's just ridiculous. I mean, that's amazing. So uh, yeah, we won't talk about it too much longer. Just this this guy's a great fantasy player, and he's not going to be a forward next year. No, so that's another forward that we've lost. He'll be a mid only. Um, Lockie Hunter was great as well. Draft owners would be incredibly happy with that. Uh, Taylor Duray. That's why I took him in the fifth round, Matt. You were just five years too early. 129, that's why. <laughs> um, and Jack McRae, like we already mentioned. Bonson Pelly with an 86. Now, owners, just be aware that he didn't miss pretty much all of the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, so he rolled his ankle in the second term. He came back on um, late in that term. Um, and he was sort of trying to limber up for the rest of it. Yeah. So I mean, he actually did effort. well to get to 86. Yeah. So if he pulls up all right this week, I don't think you have anything to worry about. Mm-hmm. Uh, un- unlike any Toby McLean owners out there who Ooh, just, yeah. after a terrible year, um, just cops an injury. And Let's be honest, though, are there any Toby <laughs> McLeans right now? Well, there'd, be keeper, league, there'd be keeper league owners out there. I guess after, there'd be keeper league owners, he is, yeah. He was great last year, and true. people were thinking, right, he's kept his forward status. This could mm. be a very good year. That's and true. Well, Dunkley going into the middles just killed off any midfield time he's got, and he's playing as a small, sometimes defensive forward. Um, he's been yeah. playing the, a defensive role on backs. Uh, beverage, got us again. Ah, oh, he got us. He got <laughs> us good. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a good fantasy watch, but he, considering the strength of their midfield, and they've got Bailey Smith coming through, 
Yeah. I think maybe you just have to hope he goes to another team like Dalhouse did. Ooh, that's a bit cool. Well, he might, that's the thing. He might not, but if he stays at the Bulldogs, he's not a good fantasy choice. He's, he's not. Uh, it'll just be Beveridge will like, have a dream one night and he'll completely wear his magnets. <laughs> just so. have a dream. <laughs> this will happen. Um, okay, so on the Demon side, uh, Jack Viney was solid with 113. Well, very good with 113. Uh, Max Gorn on his comeback game, 105 for him. Mm-hmm. Just didn't skip a beat. Um, and uh, I think that Braden Proust got a little bit of an injury midway through the game as well. Yeah, so, you did mention that to um, me. Yeah, so he... Got 45 before he went down injured. Uh, I think he came back onto the field and was spending a bit more time forward than he was in the ruck oh, after that. So, so he might be good to go. <clears throat> exactly. Um, so Petrarca was good with a 90. He's not been terrible the past couple of months. So keeper owners just... Uh, so just get ready yeah. for the hype again next year. Oh, it's going to happen. So There's going to be hype every year. next year be the year he breaks And, all right, I'll just... I want to hear your take after these past couple of months yep. on Angus Brayshaw, just quickly. Who? Ang- Angus Brayshaw. Who's you know, that? you know, one of your best keeper league players, supposedly. Angus, Angus, you know, he's, he's got two brothers. He's been relegated to my bench the last couple of weeks. Not even the bench. Like, he's not an emergency. <laughs> he's just bench bench. He's, he's, he's not an emergency in your side. He's on the extended bench, he's is on what the you're extended saying. Bench. Wow. Although, with Cog's injury, he's got to come back on the field now, which is not great. Enjoy that. Yeah. Um... Wow, I think he's just that fall from grace has to be just for, for me one of the it biggest. Was, he was played out of position to start the year, mm-hmm. impacted on his confidence and his sense of where he was in the team and what his role was, and he just hasn't been able to get back into the groove as and the years progressed. Melbourne in general also have just been awful. I mean, yeah. I, I saw something like if Carlton beat um, Gold Coast this week and uh, Melbourne lose their game, which I think they're. Ex- to, I think depending I, I think they're not the favourites yeah. going in um, that they, could, they will uh, be 17th so <laughs> Melbourne will be 17th I picked them to finish top 2 I had them top 4 I think yeah, yeah I, I think I had them 2nd with, uh, with Collingwood at the top there's a little bit of me that actually wants that to happen just because of the um, the stocker trade last year and I want I don't want the the trade yeah. stuff to play out <laughs> um, but yeah it's it's just an incredible fall from grace Angus Brayshaw Melbourne it's just been but awful for me this year is just a write off for him and it's next year hopefully he can yeah. sort of so, turn it around a bit if you've got him though in keepers like me it's a very tough hold you have to hold though you, yeah, for me you have to hold in keepers we saw last year what he can do and you are getting jackal getting for him in a trade Nobody is going to offer you anything good for Angus Brayshaw. People will be throwing offers out there. Don't get me oh, wrong, yeah. because they know the upside in it, and they know that you'd be desperate, yep. and they know that he's worth nothing yep. at the moment. He's- so in keepers, it's a hold. In redraft, in redraft, it's a drop to the damn waiver wire. Oh, it's you, you might be able to trade him away for yeah. You, you'll probably be something. able to trade him for something. You but- won't get much, but it'll be better than dropping him to the waivers. But he's yeah. pretty much useless on your team. Yeah, it's 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 not. Good. Um, and in salary cap, I know a lot of people brought him in when he had that mini resurgence a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you got to move him on again. Yeah, unfortunately, you just have to move him on as, as quick as you can. So, like, like okay, uh, I don't even know what he's Craig worth, and Matt Mottram, those um, you guys who sent the questions in today. Um, yeah, you've got to find some way of moving them on. So. If you can get that bit of cash with a downgrade to like a Mark Murphy or someone like that and then upgrade the other to maybe a Patrick Cripps, like if you can get both of those trades going uh, to get Cogs and 
Brayshaw out in the one week, that's your ideal. So it'll cost you twenty grand to go from Angus Brayshaw to Mark Murphy. For me, that's probably the move. Great option. Perfect option. Because it's close enough. It's probably the only guy that's going to be close enough in price that you can do it easily. <laughs> yeah, love it. Love that. So, And then maybe if you bring in someone who's like low 700s to get... If you have no money in the bank mm. um, and you bring in a low 700s for Cogs, that's your 20K that you're getting right yeah. there. Yeah. So, it would have to be like literally 700. Good option. All right, we'll get on to the last game of the round because we are going over time in the podcast. Um, so, Power taking on the Lions. The Power oh. did what they do all the time. How was that quarter-time score? Oh, it was ridiculous, like <laughs> 45 to 1 or something. Um it's the power, you know. They, they'll emotionally get up for one game and then they'll just be completely gone. They the were next. always going to lose this game considering yeah. how well they played the yeah. week before. Everyone talked them up, you know. It's what they do. Uh, so, Jared Lyons was ridiculous. The man of mystery is back. Man of mystery. We love him. You he's don't back. you don't know who he is on the field. Like he's, Someone's racking up the ball. You can't tell who's who. And, nah, he's... He's, he's a, the most under-the-radar player. He's a good player when he's on, but he's had some bad... He, his start to the year was atrocious, but he, he's come good in the second half. He's like a drifter, you know, rolling into a western town, you know. He, he does some things every now and then, but you don't really notice him. I was wondering where you were going to go with that. I liked that metaphor, actually. I wasn't a massive fan. No, I, I'm going to call it the drifter from now on. <laughs> take away your mystery. man of mystery, Monica. <laughs> um, yeah, right. He's had a great second half of the year. Mm. Um, probably not a lot of relevance for us to discuss at this point, though. Yeah. He's not salary cap relevant. And he'll be taken in drafts. Yeah. Uh, Mitch Robinson, 109, was very good. Uh, Dane Zorko, uh, solid score from him with 102. Not too much else to crow about, really. Lockie Neal was was looked after and kept to an 83. I mean, they bashed and crashed him. Yeah. Lincoln McCarthy, <laughs> um, forward. Has been good. 63% owned in ultimate footy. Mm. He's been on a tear the last month. Mm-hmm. 92 versus the Saints, 80 versus Melbourne, 109 versus GWS, and then this 89 versus Port. Mm. He's got North next, who haven't been giving up massive scores, but he's in good form at the moment. Yeah. Um, just uh, keep an eye out when uh, your Ruckman is coming up against the Brisbane Lions. Steph Martin is almost a Ruck tag at the moment. He is keeping Ruckman, who normally go huge. I mean, Lysett was averaging like 120 off the last month, mm-hmm. and he kept into 71. I mean, it was a very good game. And Martin's not scoring as well as he used to. I think if you bought him in for Max Gorn, you need to find a way to get him out as quickly as possible, if that's yep. the road that you took. Um, because especially with Oscar McInerney coming back into the side. He's not the solo rock anymore, and he needs to be the main guy to get over 100. Yeah, um, agreed. Uh, yeah, there's not too much else to bring up, I, I think, from the Brisbane Lions. So we'll go over to the power side of things. Uh, Ollie Wines, 131. Look, hopefully this is a jump start, but I can't see it. I'm not holding my breath. No, I, I don't think this is a kickstart, but... Look, who knows? He's He's got the pedigree. He looked so good when he was younger. Hopefully, he can turn himself into a great fantasy player for draft owners. Um, Darcy Byrne-Jones has been solid all year. And look, Robbie Gray. <laughs> I, want, I want to talk quickly about Robbie Gray and Travis Boat. Ken Hinckley did the Ken Hinckley-est thing at one stage where he just decided, you know what? I'm just going to put Robbie Gray in the middle, which is a good idea. And then I'm going to put Travis Boak, who's been our best midfielder all year, at half forward. And that's going to work. And it didn't work. And and that's because it was a bad decision. But was this when they were already losing by 40 points? Yeah, pretty much. So what's he got to lose? Yeah, I guess. So, but he's, trying to, he's trying to mix it up a bit. Look, uh, Travis Boak, 18 contested possessions in this game. He did very well for a 94, but this could have been bigger if he was played in the midfield. 
but we know what he's done in that role. So hopefully that doesn't become a thing. Where I, he's I suspect it forward. should revert back to... to you would assume so. But the, the interesting question is Robbie Gray. Robbie Gray scores so well when he's a midfielder. That, that's Robbie Gray's career in a nutshell from a fantasy perspective. Oh, yeah, he's, he is... The interesting question is Robbie Gray. Yeah, I, I just don't know. So if you play him, if he's played up forward, he's garbage for fantasy footy. Um, great for AFL, garbage for fantasy. Yeah, and if agreed. he's played in the midfield, he's very, very valuable because he always has forward status. So, yeah, you know, keep an eye on it. Um, and quickly, Tom Rockliffe. Oh, Matt. Oh, Matt. He, he, he burned me again, he, bur- he? he burned me once. He burned me twice. He burned me three <laughs> times this year. In the one year. Technically, he might have... If, if I count the amount of time, weeks that I held him when he was injured, when they said it was just a one-week injury. Actually, no, they said he flew to bloody China. He did fly to China. Well, I don't know why. Yeah, God, it was the stupidest decision. Um, Wanted to see the sights. Yeah, I held him for two weeks during the buys. So I think if you add those in, I can say he burnt me five times this year. I bought him in after 150. 91 is not a bad score, but this guy was on like negative three, three quarters of the way through the first quarter. From there. I know that's a confusing sentence, but he's... Um, you know, a fair way into the first quarter, he was on negative three. Yep. That's not Rocky. That Do Rocky things. Do <laughs> just... Oh, I'm, I'm really hoping he comes good because I can't be burned to sick time, Matt. I just can't. I'm too yeah, I, fragile. I'm sorry. I've got nothing to add. I, I just... I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm weak. I bought him in again. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Alrighty. Is there anyone else you want to talk no, about? Or should I, we just I, cut it there? I, I think we might. I, actually, another one. Uh, Justin Westoff tantalized a lot of coaches last week. He did, yeah. With the the role change, the big score, and comes in for a 60, so that would hurt. Yeah. And qu- Ryan Burton has done a bit of a hammy. He's out for a month, and that's just that's pretty really unlucky for coaches, gone, really. yeah. Because he's he's actually been very solid, especially recently, and yeah. draft owners would have been over the moon with his efforts. Yeah. And he, he might be back out. just in time for your grand final. Yeah. And... Prop, Xavier Dersma pretty much comes straight back in for him, I would suggest. I don't know why he got dropped in the first place, to be honest. <laughs> um, and on that note, we are going to end the podcast for this week. Thanks so much for joining us. We we love being back. It's been absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic back in the studio with you, Matt. Yeah. Oh, it's been amazing, yeah. I've been missed this. So No, so, no riskets this week. No riskets this week. We, we uh, need to figure out and, and clean it up a bit and work out <laughs> who's a squad warden who actually picked what while, while I was away. It was a very last minute podcast this week. So we are, we are going to be back with our risk it for the biscuit picks next week. Yeah. Um, but and- just, there's a couple of guys we've talked about briefly today mm-hmm. who you may want to look at off the waivers uh, in no particular order. Hunter Clark, Jai Simpkin, Lincoln McCarthy, Cam Zerha, Pierce Hanley, Birchall. I'll add Jack Silvani onto that list as well. Exactly. Go have a look at them if you need to plug and play someone this week. Um, mm-hmm. They're probably the guys we would have been looking at. 100%. All right. So uh, thanks again for joining us. If you have any questions, you can always hit us up at ExtendedBenchAU on Twitter. And until next week, I hope you have a great weekend of fantasy footy. Thanks.